Welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we're looking at Minute 107, which begins with Ripley removing her shirt and ends with Ripley hiding in the closet. And uh, today, for one more day this week, we have Mariah E. Gates, the host of Female Filmmakers Friday podcast. Is that right? Did I say that right? Female Filmmaker Friday that's it okay yeah you have a podcast since the last time we recorded with you you have a podcast you want to give us a real short summary of what that podcast is about i used to have a feature on my blog that was called female filmmaker friday a few years ago where i wrote about a film directed by a woman every friday and so it kind of came from that but instead of focusing on a certain film it's um usually director like the a director's entire oeuvre. So, so far we've done, I've done Jane Campion, Ida Lupino and a Cuban filmmaker named Sarah Gomez, who um, was only working in the seventies because she, she had an asthma attack and died and couldn't make any more films. Um, and I had not heard of her. So that was kind of wonderful. So it's, it's a way to spotlight filmmakers that you maybe know, but maybe you don't know some of like deep cut Jane Campion And then for also finding filmmakers that you maybe haven't heard of, like Sarah Gomez, who was someone I hadn't even heard of till I asked my friend to be on the podcast, told her to pick a director, and this was the director she came up with. So um, it's sort of a way to um, highlight female directors in a way that there really isn't much um, done about them in a sort of a, I don't want to call it an artist light, but like a filmography kind of light. Sounds great. Yeah. So everybody go out there and find the, that podcast and take a listen. Either by the time this airs or around the same week this is airing, uh, will be one on Maya Darren that was really, really fun to record. Um, so I'm excited for that one. Divine Horseman. I love that. The You know, the, the Divine Horseman about the, the voodoo gods of Haiti. That's one of two of her things that I have not seen. She, yeah, she became a voodoo priestess. She She went to Haiti and actually was, you know, indoctrinated, and she was ridden by the gods, the whole thing. All right. Well, I guess we could move on to this minute of this film that is decidedly not made by a female, especially <laughs> as indicated by this particular minute. We we ended the last minute mid-striptease. <laughs> it is a striptease because she takes off, like, three garments, one after another after another, and it's like, oh, there's another shirt it's under like here, and oh, there's another shirt Gypsy under Rose here. Gypsy Rose Lee going on in a spaceship. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It really starts in earnest, though, in this minute, as we get down, we talked a little bit about these uh, these underwear that we uh, get down to in this minute. So here we are. Um, what more do we have to say about this? There's a, I have a few things to say, but Mariah, please, you begin. At like about 24 seconds into this minute, where you see her butt crack, and they hold on this butt crack for six seconds. Yeah. Six whole yeah. seconds. And it's like... My problem with this with the with this is that is the choice of the underwear. I don't think someone who's basically a space trucker would be wearing that underwear. I honestly think she would have been wearing long johns. Space is cold. I bet you the ship is cold. Most people who ride around in, you know, submarines are cold. It's a cold thing. <laughs> Women, yeah. believe it or not, wear long johns. They really do. Well, I was going to bring up that in the sound design here too. We get her; she she strips down to the very small T-shirt and the and to the underwear, and she walks over to these control panels 
um, that she's going to start flipping switches. And if you listen, you have to listen kind of closely. It's, it's in the mix pretty deep. I picked it up on my headphones as I was listening to this minute. There is a distinct sound of like wind blowing against a house. It's very reminiscent of being inside a house on a very windy day and the wind whistling against your siding or whatever. And now this isn't strange for alien because throughout the movie, we have these like bellowing breathing sounds inside mother. We have these different uh, air blowing papers and things that we've discussed many times over. But in this particular case, I feel like they're kind of upping the ante a little bit as far as the sensory feeling that you get. Um, now she's stripped down and there's this drafty, the ship is drafty now too. So we're supposed to feel a little bit more cold. And I think that is supposed to add to the vulnerability that obviously is the reason that everyone gives for why this scene plays out the way it does and why she strips down almost naked. The reasons always given is, well, we wanted to really amp up the vulnerability for this scene. Now, what do we think about that as a justification? And that justification makes me even more angry because you're still vulnerable. She'd still be vulnerable all alone with a cat in a pair of long johns. Yeah. He's equating sexual violence with vulnerability because she's so sexualized. And he's saying that's the most um, vulnerable is when she looks like she could be raped any minute, basically, because she's in a sexualized undergarment. If she were in, you know, long johns or in uh, a nightgown or something, it wouldn't, in his, using that logic, it wouldn't be as vulnerable because she wouldn't be in her sexy underwear. And the sexy underwear in a horror type, type tone that we're at in this film is basically equivalent to sexual violence. So that's what he's saying. A woman is at her most vulnerable when she might almost be raped. And that's really reprehensible to me. To play devil's advocate, is it scary? Does it create a, a a dangerous dread in the moment? Not for me. It just makes me angry. What, what it does is it pulls me out of the fear that, that I should be feeling for her as a character and makes me angry for the actress and for women, basically. And that's why I was so upset when I watched rewatched this movie was I was really digging it. And he was really into the, the tension and then as soon as this happened, I was so pulled from from the world that I had been in that I couldn't get back to it. Okay, let's say I feel that this vulnerability motivation is sound. Let's just say I feel that way. I'm not sure that I do. I kind of don't. But uh, leading up to, we've already gotten to this butt crack reveal, however you want to put it. Um, before, even before that, how it's shot and how this scene is played is a little odd. I don't know how else to, how to describe it exactly. The way she's flipping the switches that are on the ceiling and arching her back and all that feels a little like glamour, like fashion photo shoot kind of, it doesn't feel natural to me. And then, you know, obviously the turning around and bending over part, it seems orchestrated to be titillating. And I don't think. I don't buy that as adding anything to the vulnerability of the character. If it was coming down to, oh, now she's a fleshy pink object to the alien or something. Okay, sure. If, if you want to go there. If, if it didn't feel so orchestrated by the blocking of the scene to me. Well, yeah, I, I think that even that idea, you said the fleshy pink object, that was in one of the commentary tracks that, that they said that 
The idea was initially to try to create this weird sexual thing between the two of them. And she was going to hide in the closet and the alien was going to come toward her and they were going to play it for all this this weird curiosity, all of which got thrown out because, as I said yesterday, they only had two days to shoot it or something. And so we've got the danger of a half-baked idea, you know, mm-hmm. or a, a half-executed idea, good good idea, bad idea or not. It's only kind of a half-assed idea now, and therefore it doesn't really it does more harm than good in a way, you know, it's, it becomes terribly wrong headed. That's, that's pretty much how I feel. It, it just feels rushed and it feels cheap almost by having her pose like that and having her, you know, I don't know, it just doesn't work. It it doesn't fit with the rest of the tone. I don't think. I do remember when the movie first came out, hearing people say that very thing, it did become one of several points of, Uh, discussion about the movie and I remember people saying when she takes her clothes off that's so dumb it it just felt like somebody walking into the dark room and not turning the lights on you know one of those really stupid things that that happens in horror movies or in bad horror films so um for whatever it's worth even in 1979 women I know who saw the movie found that to be a real groaner of a part you know now, I will say too, Mitch, that you were saying that, you know, if there was supposed to be this idea of some sort of sexualized energy between her and the alien, I think that, you know, to jump ahead a couple minutes, I think that we're getting into some much more interesting portrayals of that once she's in the closet. I think that the less literal version of it, to me, it, you know, the symbolism that goes on later is much more interesting than any kind of like what this this seems haphazard and it seems a little film school to me. So I think that's why it feels, you know, perfectly executed. Maybe this wouldn't even be a topic of discussion. Maybe we wouldn't even notice, but because it is kind of a half-baked ideas in in a scene where we've already discussed yesterday that things were rushed and don't make sense and are half-baked. Maybe it's all off kilter and now we can't get back on track until I think until the moment that the alien jumps at her now getting ahead back into the minute this is what i consider to be the greatest jump scare in the history of cinema i've never this one gets me every single time and i think once we're there once this alien jumps out and we're back into the horror movie and uh you mean once the hand flops out once the hand flops out i should say that's when it gets all back on track to me now mariah i think you're saying that you're you're off the track (laughs) This yeah, is that correct? The, my next note was Ugg jump scare. I, I love this jump scare. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I think it's great. Worked, like so irritated with the horror movie tropes of, of the naked woman or whatever, practically naked woman. But then she's there's just jump scare and the trumpets come in and everything. And I just I just lose it at that point. Just... <laughs> Do you ever get it back? I mean, we're obviously only going to get to the end of this minute with you, but I, I, I feel I should at least ask you for the rest of the picture. Does it ever recover? Not really. No, because I don't I don't like this section and I don't buy her being friendly with Jones. So, so it's just all of it just makes no sense. It's funny. I, th- I think we already talked about this just a little bit, didn't we? And I think I, I actually got some some feedback about this opinion already. So it's going to be fun to hear it, to get it back into it with the listeners again. Uh, but that's great. That's what that's what we're looking I for. I don't like the ending, which is jumping a few minutes ahead. But I think the ending looks cheap. Um, 
I'll let you guys talk about that with someone else. But I think the very ending looks cheap. You mean him hanging outside of the ship and all that? It just looks yeah. so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say any no, comment. I, and I might week. be okay with it if I hadn't been so irritated by what preceded it. So once they lose me with the movie, I'm just, you know, I'm lost. Well, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the next few minutes, but but they do sort of add insult to injury because when she gets into the closet, um, the the leering camera does not stop. I mean, it, there's still stuff that goes on from where that camera is positioned. Before she even gets into the closet, she's heading over to the closet, and you get a very nice just shot of her ass going by the entire screen. <laughs> and, and it's like... They could have put that camera somewhere else. Maybe seen her face crossing you. I don't know. It was... Yeah, I have a feeling camera placement might be a subject we're going to talk about a little bit more as the week goes on. (laughs) Yeah, the motivations behind the camera placement will be in question for sure. Yeah. I do want to at least acknowledge once she does, uh, in fact, you know, react to the monster and sort of cover her mouth in fear and... and, uh, and when we see that thing starting to emerge from the space, I think it becomes crystal clear that it's been there the whole time. And not only has it been there the whole time, but then, of course, you know, it reveals its cre- creepy mouth. And and I, I just still love the fact that it was there through this whole bit. And it's, you can see it right there. You just don't know what you're looking at. Well, and, and we've discussed a long time ago, I think when Jason Heck was on the show, we talked about how there are hints at it all the way through the movie because there are all these kind of grayish cylindrical shapes all over the ship that establish the set design in a way that you could easily hide this alien's head on the set and you'd never give it a second thought that's why i think it's the greatest jump scare because it's there it's not a jump scare it doesn't come out of the darkness it comes out of plain sight and still authentically scares me every single time. I still just get this little charge inside when that thing jumps out. I think it's perfectly executed. Yeah, but how come when she's leaning over, you know, with the butt crack shot, and she's arguably closer to it than even she is in the next shot, why didn't it grab her then? Like, why doesn't it... It's got got a minute and a half while we're all looking at her naked that it could grab her and kill her. I think there's a lot of theories about what has actually happened here. Is it actually grabbing her? I think it would have grabbed her, right? What do you think, There's... Mariah? Can you can you shed some light on this, even though I know you've been completely <laughs> mentally ejected from the filmmaking or film viewing process? I honestly don't understand why the jump scare had to be the hand. I, I would have been, because it's just, it's a hand, and she freaks her out so much. And I'm like, <laughs> if, the, if the jump scare were the head, I'd, I'd been more on it, because then at least... It's really terrifying. Like it's it's like going back to when the jump scare with the cat ends up being the cat earlier. Um, and which one? The, the one we we talked about where she's Damn going cat. for Jones or yeah. whatever, and the jump yeah. scare, and then it's Jones, and it feels like that again. Only instead of Jones, it's a hand, and it's not even a menacing, very menacing hand. I mean, yes, it's an alien, but you know, I don't know. I feel like. I would much rather have been the head be the first jump scare. I'm going to go ahead and just bet that that would have been difficult to pull off effects-wise. Yeah. I'm betting that suit, there was no way to get that head to move in such a way that it would have worked. Because it's going to have to be a really sudden movement. And I bet you there was no way to do that. With I, I wonder if that was the intention, maybe. Because I could see it, it probably would be better if that head just kind of flopped out and the mouth was suddenly visible. Or if it flopped out in the 
second mouth came out Shot suddenly. its tongue at her, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Those kind of things, you're right, and that's exactly what we would see now. We can get back into this discussion that we've beaten to death. They would have CG'd that in a second now, and I don't know. I, the hand's fine with me because it's about the moment. You know, we're here talking about the details and the minutiae of this movie, so sure, but I never think about, oh, that's a hand. I never think about it. Once that hand flops out and the music comes up and she puts her hands to her mouth and the scream comes out, everything, I'm just there. Uh, it doesn't matter to me that much. I think it works really well, but I believe you i think i think you're not wrong at all i think the head probably would have been a lot cooler and that's the iconic thing right that's what we've talked about many times the iconic image of this movie is that head so probably would have been more effective okay i do have one more thing and it's completely just trivia at the end of this minute she's in the closet there are a lot of hatchets in that closet hatchets <laughs> there are hatchet yeah right to her left there are three hatchets on the wall next to her. Why do they need hatchets in a spaceship? Somebody please tell me. I have Eric never Moore. seen the <laughs> hatchets. Really? There are, th there are three hatchets in this minute. Oh, my gosh. I'm so... You guys, I'm going to get fired now from this job because <laughs> I didn't see these hatchets. <laughs> I, I'm betting Eric Moore will ha have some story about the hatchets to give us on Facebook, our, our most active Facebook uh, uh, listeners page member. But I think it's very strange. I can't, for the life of me, think of why they would have a hatchet. Three hatchets. Wow. Maybe one. Maybe one. Right. But three? It's a lot. So, they don't even have three pods for people to get in. It's <laughs> three hatchets for one person. Anyway, sorry. Well, I was thinking, then it, the, the end of this minute is just her hiding in the closet. You see her face. What is she doing in the closet? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I feel like Ripley would hide. I feel like she'd make a plan faster. I think that's what she's doing though. I, I think she goes to the closet to make a plan. That's the only place she could run to. That's the only only place where she could put any anything between her and the alien. So I'm guessing that's it. Uh, if it's the only compartment on the ship that you can close the door on, uh, that's where I would be. So that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Mariah, thank you so much for coming on and <laughs> and taking this issue head on we really appreciate it i've yeah. had i've had several people on twitter uh get very angry at me for my views of of uh, her panties so i look forward to what the viewers <laughs> yeah i was gonna mention <laughs> that you know way back when we first recorded your uh episodes i believe it was the night before that you had quite a twitter brow oh my with God. a few people and I was involved in it too. Like I was in there defending your point of view <laughs> and trying to, you know. For me, and this is, I'm just going to put this out there, is I, I don't think you guys need to be offended. I don't think everyone needs to be offended. If it doesn't offend you, that's fine. Because I'm talking about for me and my personal like reaction to the film, right? And I think what's beautiful about film is that every single person brings themselves to the film. So what I feel from a film is not going to be the same as what you feel from a film. And what I've discovered on Twitter is that people don't quite understand that nuance, mm -hmm. um, that my reaction to a film is not going to be the same as your reaction to a film. So if I'm saying this makes me feel this way, you don't have to tell me I'm wrong or explain why they did it or whatever. But for some reason, film Twitter tends to think that everyone has to have the same opinion. And in, in 138 characters, that doesn't help. Opinions can't exist at the same time, which is the other thing that's important to remember in like any art criticism is that there is no one overarching right opinion. That's, yeah. that's why art is great. 
And every opinion's not a political stand either. It's not just because you have this opinion about this specific moment of this specific movie doesn't mean that that's a blanket opinion about every single film and how everyone is portrayed in every movie you've ever seen. Exactly. And that's like, that's what people are mostly offended by. They think that means that that specific opinion that might be the only one they're even seeing you make ever yeah. is somehow uh, summarizes your entire take on the world and of cinema in general. And that's, it's just absurd. I don't know why people don't back off from whatever they read. They might have a gut reaction to it. They might disagree with you back off, take a deep breath and think about the fact that it's just an individual opinion. You have your individual opinion. You can come back and give your individual opinion as well. Just don't attack anyone else's. Exactly. Anyway, that's and context is everything. And there's so many development notes that I've seen in my career where somebody says, oh, well, why don't you just do it like that scene in this movie? And they give you this scene. Just do that. And it's like, but the context is totally different. You can't just plug that into this. It's all about what comes before, what comes after. Mm-hmm. And so we're not saying that uh, you can't have a character take their clothes off in a movie. Yeah, it's just what, in this movie at this moment, it Twitter, might not be the best uh, choice. Twitter was, it felt like a slap in the face because everything that preceded it was so respectful. Right. So it was like the whole movie had been chicks in underwear, then fine, yes, the and the end of the movie is a chick in her underwear killing an alien. Like, that makes sense to me. I would be less offended. Um, like, for example, uh, what is it? Um, Slumber Party Massacre? That's a slumber <laughs> party. They're in their underwear. They're running from a guy. It all makes sense to me. Actually, that's a film directed by a woman. Um, it is, yes. <laughs> but it, it's... It, that is a, a horror movie with chicks in their underwear that is not disrespectful in the least. So it can be done. It's just you have to decide, do you want chicks in underwear as your whole thing, or are you just going to throw it in at the end? And it just doesn't make sense at the end here for me. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it. Uh, Mariah, remind everyone once again where they can find you on Twitter and yell at you for your opinion. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Old Films Flickr on uh, basically anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. All right. And we're at AlienMinute.com. And uh, we're on Twitter as well on, at AlienMinutePod and on Instagram at AlienMinutePodcast. All right. That's going to do it for Minute 107. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 108.